0: Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.
1: hockey season on Long Island. ESPN New York wants you to be part of the action. Head to ESPNNewYork.com or the ESPN New York app for your chance to win a 60-minute time slot at the outdoor synthetic rink in the park at UBS Arena. Just scroll down to contest, submit your entry. Join the New York Islanders for some fun in February. Take advantage of special ticket pricing for upcoming home games at UBS Arena and be there for every thrilling matchup. Get your tickets today at NewYorkIslanders.com slash Feb. Hey, Bart, let's talk some hockey right now. Let's do that hockey. You got a showcase happening at MetLife Stadium. Bart, I know you're used to playing football in that stadium, but they're playing hockey there this weekend. The ice is down, and on Saturday night under the lights, you have the Flyers and the Devils and then Sunday afternoon, three o'clock, not kickoff. Now we have puck drop at three o'clock, and that is the Islanders and the Rangers. And so it's exciting to see these obviously rivals all get together. And it's always fun to talk with one of the greats of all time in Islander history, and of course NHL history. And that's Brian Trache, who joins us right now. How are we doing, Brian?
2: Doing good, gentlemen. Thank you for this. Uh, this is going to be a fun little chat. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. <laughs>
1: It certainly will be. Um, I, I want to begin with now, Patrick Wah. If I'm not mistaken, when you were an assistant with the Avalanche, he was the goaltender when you won the Cup in '01, right? I was. I,
2: I have that memory. Okay, so I, I was. Yeah, and Patrick so, was MVP. He was spectacular. I mean, what what a competitor! Very intense individual, but he knows the game forwards, backwards, sideways, upside down. You, inside out. You name it. Way he, he loves the game. He sees the game from a goaltender's perspective, so obviously, uh, you know he wants to protect that goalie with all his might. But uh, more than that, he wants puck possession. He wants the puck down in the offensive zone, and he talked about that all the time. Let's get the puck out of our zone as fast as we can. Get it down the offensive zone. Best defense, good offense, and uh, you know he's uh, you know he's he's changed the system, I guess, on Long Island as far as like he wants uh, quicker puck possession, quicker pressure in the defensive zone so it's just, hopefully it adds up to a lot of wins for the islanders
1: yeah how, i mean how, he, he took yeah. over as as the coach just just recently and you know while the wins haven't piled up just yet you're seeing not just on the ice what you're talking about right brian with the puck possession and it lack you know limit the turnovers and all those things but recently because they had this break because of the stadium series He ran them through a tough practice, like he had them a a lot of compete drills, and he brought up the idea that they have to raise their compete level. I mean, it's amazing to think in the midst of a season that you are saying that about a team, but that certainly sounds like the message that he's trying to deliver to this team.
2: Well, Patrick has a has a wonderful community. Like he can communicate. Clear with everybody. Like he wanted his defenseman to understand what he was saying. He also wanted the forwards' backside pressure. He wanted to have that pressure so that the that it forced turnovers, forced them to make decisions before they were ready. So yeah, compete level. Patrick knows what he's talking about, and uh, you know those are those are buzzwords for players. They love that compete level. They love that. So I, again, I just uh, I, I know Patrick. I, I know him as a, a hockey player. I don't know him as a coach but I know him as a communicator in that locker room he's a voice uh, for that avalanche and guys his perfect respect you know of everybody so uh you know the, the players are going to listen and that those are buzzwords for players you know it could raise that compete level you got it no problem mm-hmm.
3: how difficult is it to change a culture of a team in the middle of a season yeah. without having the opportunity to continue to like pay it forward, right, when you can work on something in practice and then build on it the next day and then see it implemented maybe in, in preseason games? How hard is it for you to change the culture and the mindset of a team in the midst of the season?
2: Well, it, it, it's more systems than it is culture. I think I think Lulam Rouse has really got a good culture there as far as, um, you know, what what it means to be an Islander, what it means to represent Long Island, what it means to – compete at a Long Island level. But I think for Patrick, it's more about system. It's more about recognizing job dependability, uh, what your, what your role is and those kinds of things. And yeah, you'd like to have some, some lead down going into, this, into the season, but there's, there's injury. There's, there's uh trades, There's things that happen where, um, you know, players hit slumps and goaltenders hit slumps. And, and then you got, you got to, you got to adjust. And uh, Patrick's seen it all. And the team has seen, you know, Players that have been there for a while have seen that too. So it's all about adjustment as fast as you can, as quick as you can, and sometimes it's during a game. You know, you're playing a certain team. You have prep for them. All of a sudden, you know, they're doing something, and somebody comes back to the bench and says, "Hey, you know, we got to we got to make adjustment." Boom, and and it's done. And so we know that as as athletes, you know, there's there's adjustments you have to make along the way through the season, the long season, injuries, um, and then even during the game. So um, that's those are challenges, and uh, that's part of being a professional. I think all the boys recognize that, and we, we know that. And as you, you become more of a seasoned veteran, I think it's a lot easier to make those adjustments.
1: And we're talking with the great Brian Troche again this weekend. You've got the Stadium Series at MetLife Stadium, the Flyers and the Devils on Saturday night, Rangers-Islanders, 3 o'clock on Sunday uh, at MetLife as well, and and Brian, you've been through. I mean, the the classic wars Islanders Rangers games. You ended up coaching the Rangers for a yeah. bit too, as well, which is uh, another part side? of the story. But but Bart, I, I want you that to know this. So fun. so so Brian Bart is from uh, Detroit. He's from Michigan, hockey town, and he's so, a big Red Wing guy. And Third I always in to... hockey
2: country, Michigan. We like it.
1: Yeah, and and. And you know Steve Eiserman wore number nineteen yes. because he idolized Brian Chace. I mean
2: that was his guy. Ah, that was a wonderful yeah, that was, that was a wonderful right? honor. Little Stevie, yeah, but he was a he was a dynamic player. I was kind of a give and go, just simple. Yeah. I simplified the game for for everybody. Fast to <laughs> yeah. the right side, let Mike Fosse do his magic. You know, Big Clark Gillies is front of the net, throw it there, get you know, he's gonna get a juicy rebound. You know, we had our game pretty simplified. Listen but yeah, Stevie Eiserman, what what a what a talent, yeah.
1: Uh, Brian, Brian it's it's amazing.
2: amazing. I mean,
3: listen, listen. He has one for the thumb and the index. So li- listen, anybody that that accomplishes like that, seven. man, that's that's rarefied air.
1: Yes, <laughs> uh, Brian has seven. Yeah. He's being very humble right now, talking about this is a guy that's like one of the top fifteen in scoring all time, in, in, in playoff history, and NHL history, all the stuff that he's done. And he's like, ah, I just kept it simple. Sure, you did, but but that's fine.
2: Yeah. But yeah, t- yeah so, so you guys are good. You guys are good for my ego here. This is gonna be, <laughs> is gonna be
1: is a fun call. Well, I want to make sure the audience knows exactly who we're talking to here because, yeah. you know, I mean, we're talking about royalty. But what do you think about playing in a stadium like this? I mean, you, you've you played in many different places, but can you imagine playing in a football stadium?
2: I cannot. And we had the uh, the fun of being at MetLife for the announcement with the NHL when the games were being and <laughs> driving up to that building, it's like driving to another planet. It's like driving up. This thing is so colossal and, and magnificent and when you look down into the field, you say, "Wow, they're gonna have eighty thousand people in, in this place." I mean, mm-hmm. the player, the magnitude of this is, is just spectacular, and I think it's gonna bring out the best. You have a great rivalry with the Islanders and Rangers. You have this grand stage for them to perform on, and an outdoor atmosphere. So I, I, you know, knock on wood, the weather pr- provides that that that. Uh, I don't know, just the, the clear air and that kind of stuff. But boy, I'm I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be magnificent. I'm I'm going to be in attendance, which makes it even more fun because oh, nice. now you feel the vibe of it, of it all. So that that's always extra exciting. So yeah, no, this is going to be a fun, fun event for yeah, all t- players, fans, hockey hockey viewers. It's going to be great.
3: Tell them you want to be in the coaches club. That that way, if you get a little nippy, you know what I mean? Because we're former tough guys, but we don't have to be tough anymore. We get a little chilly now. So be in the (laughs) the coaches club so you can go in and get some hot cocoa if you want to. But, you know, I'm just thinking about the game and outside and, you know, how that game is different from being inside of an arena when you think about the lights that come off, you know, stadiums and, you know, bouncing off of that white white ice and you know is it anything that you have to prepare Do, will guys get an opportunity maybe to play outside or test it out before to kind of see what adjustments they need to make
2: I'm sure there is um I we had I, I was only involved in one outdoor game it was alumni game in Washington Capitals back in like uh, mid-2000s and we had Maryland Mew on our side they had Peter Bondra and some some of their stars from that era, and it was really kind of fun that we played at nine o'clock in the morning. The sun was shining. Uh, the rest of the day was kind of drizzly, rainy, but um, it was really fun to be outdoors in that uh, in that I think it's the bright light of the day, and you don't really notice the lights so much because I think the Islanders Ranger game starts at three, right. so they'll have the afternoon you know uh, sky and they'll have that outdoor feeling. Brings us back to our roots when we we're, we're playing hockey outside on. Whether it's a, a lake, a pond, a river, like I did, and it's I really kind of neat to have that that sensation, that feeling of you know the fresh air in your face. The- the outdoors, uh, the light, uh, the this big sky. And all of a sudden, and then they have 80,000 people screaming mm-hmm. at you. Holy cow. Whether they're on your side or not, you're going to have some noise in that building. Yeah.
1: And again, Sunday is supposed to be sunny, clear day. Uh, you know, the, the high it's going to get is like in the high 30s. It might not even touch 40. So it's almost like the perfect kind of weather. Although, again, with the sun. Uh, It can get a little bright in there. And Bart played for the Jets, so he'd run through that tunnel many times, but that field was green. (laughs) It looked a lot different. And And it was also in the the fall, so a little bit different. But, uh, But, Brian, speaking of the fact that it is a football field and we just had a Super Bowl. You're a guy that, again, is part of something that I don't think we're ever going to see again in, in professional sports for various reasons. One of them, of course, being salary cap error and everything else. But winning four straight championships is something that no one has done since you guys have done it. And here's the Kansas City Chiefs that come along. They've won two, and they're already talking about winning three. Now, you won four in a row, and then with Pittsburgh, you won two in a row. Just talk about the, the, the challenges of being able to sustain the true dynasty of three straight and how difficult it is to do.
2: And I think we were just young and dumb again. I think just a bunch of kids that were just having the time of their life. Uh, yeah, we had uh, we had no uh, free agency. So uh, the core of the team, I think there was 14 or 15 of us that were on that team, all four, all four cups. So they kept the core of the team together. Obviously, uh, you know, there's four or five of us that made the Hall of Fame. So you have... You have that, that high level talent at the top and if you, with free agency, you know, you see teams moving those guys they can't afford to the salary cap and they can't afford to keep everybody that makes it difficult to have that, that continuity obviously. Um, so for me it's 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 just what we did was overcome the bad bounce, the referee call, the the, mm-hmm. the things that you can't control, but you still have to overcome. And uh, take advantage of situations that happen. You know, it's a bad bounce against them. Maybe it's unfortunate mistake or a referee call that goes against them. You got to be able to ready to jump on those opportunities. And guys coming up with big plays. Bobby Nyquist scores the overtime goal. Bobby scored a lot of overtime goals. I mean, you have the players that score those those big goals and and feel confident and comfortable to do that. And Hoy takes over. Obviously, there's there's experience. I think that that plays a big role. And you got to have a coach that uh, you know at the helm that. That, that brings the calm or bring or raise the intensity. Um, has a system, has all those things that everybody buys into and believes in, and great goaltending. Uh, power play, penalty killing, those things have to be, you know, peaked at the right time. And uh, ours did during those four years. I think our, our power play was clipped along at like plus 20%. So, mm-hmm. you know, those all those things have to happen and work out to your way, but at the same time, you have to take advantage of them. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough to do, but, you know, like you look at what Kansas City's done on the field, you know, they keep those guys healthy and they all stay healthy. You know, but they, they might be able to accomplish something that's going to make, make this very, very hard to do.
3: So, so we we're past the statute of limitations, which are great teams. So I guess we can we can keep it real and we won't <laughs> be telling any trade secrets, right? You know, like I'm from, I'm from Motown Total. and, you know, I'm a big Temptations fan, but you know, at one point, you know, David Ruffin started feeling himself because they were so successful. They were just putting hit out after hit, after hit, after hit out. Who was on your squad that was like, hey, man, y'all had to go ahead and bring him back to earth because he was floating on cloud nine. Like, hey, man, you need to pump it down a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, coming into the room like the champ is here. You know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> just, just you know, living the life. Who was that that you guys <laughs> I, had no, to pump, I just, pump his brakes a little bit? You know,
2: it was, we had a, we had a great squad. And, you know, it was, obviously there's, there's times where guys are riding the high, they're riding the wave, and, you know, they're scoring goals. But I'm really proud of the hockey guys. They kind of keep it level-headed, and the locker room as a whole will, will keep the guys kind of mellowed, you know, even if they, they do try to ride high. But um, our crew is kind of good that way, uh, very confident group, uh, not too cocky, you know, that edge of cocky that you need, uh, but also, you know, to the point where, you know, it's, it's, it's confidence, team's confidence, and guys will come in like, and say, Who's going to score that big goal in four or five? I will. That's what you want to hear in the locker room. You want to hear that. So at the three, nobody got a personal driver. At the <laughs> three, nobody got a personal driver
3: and a personal limo. Nobody. <laughs>
2: no, it's all, yeah, no, 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 no. But I tell you, we'd, we'd, be, we'd be wanting to drive that guy if he got more than three in, in a Stanley Cup playoff game, man. That was that was the guy who wanted to jump on his back. But we had that guy, Mary Lemieux, in, in, in Pittsburgh, so – yeah, we all jumped on his back quite a bit. But, you know, he was not a mimi kind of hockey guy. He was the guy that distributed well. And, again, a poised guy who just had a confidence and made the big plays. And it's wonderful to have those kind of players on any team. As you know, Bart's great.
1: I'll tell you what. I think, Brian, because I know we've had you on the show before a couple of years ago, and I might have asked you this question, but I'm going to bring it up again because it's fascinating to me. And, again, the connection to football. Every year that teams in the NFL that you don't have a perfect season, and no one goes, you know, seventeen and zero, and then wins the Super Bowl. Run, runs the table, basically. The seventy-two Miami yep. Dolphins—they always pop champagne. The remaining players, Amazing. and they celebrate because no one will do what we did, right? No one's going to do it, and so we live in infamy, or or maybe I shouldn't say infamy, but in history. And I wonder yep. if, like, do you guys ever when oh, uh, there's a t- like the the Lightning were recently they right they had won three they were trying to win three. Uh, did, do you guys have that thing where you like the minute a team loses? I see nobody's going to get forward. Nobody's going to do it. We're going to be the last to do it. Do you celebrate that?
2: We don't celebrate it, but we're really kind of fun to, to talk about some of these things, like the nineteen. 19- Series we won in a row yeah. 19 is a, a kind of a favorite number of mine i wore the wore that number. i called the best number in hockey but we won 19 series in a row that's going to be tough to do because like you said you know, keeping teams together and free agents all that fun stuff and staying healthy but i think for us that's kind of the one that we're really proud of it and, and dennis potman our captain he brings it up a lot and to a man we kind of like pump pump our puff our chest a little bit you know sure. Pop the buttons on our shirt. We're like, wow, that. And I, me, nineteen. I'm like, all right, that, that is kind of a fun little record. And when someone, comes, it's going to take a while to, for someone to come close to that. So yeah, they got to win four Stanley Cups. They got to go four rounds every year. It's it, it's a tough one. So that's going to be a, that's going to be one of those ones where we might we might hold on to that one for a while. But we're not going to be the ones that make the hockey gods mad at us and start popping champagne because someone's going to come along. Okay, Tyler. You guys are gone, but yeah. no, that's going to be a fun one to, to, to hold
1: on to. Yeah, the minute you start, right, the minute you start chirping about it, that's when you know it's going to turn, so I, I love Yeah, it.
2: yeah.
1: We talk about records in sports all the time with Cal Ripken and games played and all the other different records that we talk yeah. about that might be never to be broken, and that 19 consecutive playoff series, that's one that I think will, will never, ever be broken for, for various reasons, but how difficult it certainly was. Brian, it's always fun to talk to you. It really is. Thank you so much for giving us the time. Enjoy the day on Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun. A great day for hockey at MetLife Stadium. All the best to you.
2: It's going to be a great day, and thank you, guys. This was a fun phone call. Thank you very much. All the best. Stay well, gang. Bye-bye. You got it.
1: Brian Trotty, again, I could go through the accolades part. I mean, nine all-star selections. Uh, He was uh, first-team NHL several times. Won the Rookie of the Year, which is the Calder. Won the Art Ross, which is the scoring title. Won the Hart for the MVP of the league. The Conn Smythe is MVP of the playoffs. Like this, And then the seven Stanley Cups. Six as a player with two different franchises. Four straight. The 19 in-a-row playoff series he told you about. The, the, the countless times that he had heroic moments in the playoffs. Considered the, the greatest or maybe even the he, – he and Dennis Potvin are pretty much the two greatest players in the history of the franchise. Yep. Like, these are the, these are the, this is the foundation. So the current team, that's, a, that's the standard you're held to, right? And that's what he was talking about with Patrick Waugh as the coach, is there's a standard, and not everybody really understands it, and Patrick Waugh comes in understanding it. And so they're trying to get him back. Back certainly to that standard. But I thought you'd like that connection to Steve Eiserman. I don't know I if do. you knew that.
3: I did not know that. That's yeah. why Stevie Y wore nineteen. That's I thought it was because 19. he was nineteen. He was the youngest captain in, in, in NHL history. No, Eiserman has
1: said it many times that Trache was his idol. He grew up idolizing the way he played and wanted to be just like that, which is a great two-way center. And that's what that's what trache was.
3: So, well, hey, thank you Islanders and Trache, for you know creating the greatest captain in <laughs> NHL history. <laughs>
1: Do you think that anybody will ever win four straight championships in any of the major sports?
3: No. I mean, this is – I think that era when, you know, you think about the Celtics, um, the 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 Bill Russell Celtics, you think yeah. about the Steel Curtain and what they were able to do in the 70s with winning five, all those shots. Yeah. Yeah. Because of free agency, it's just too – it's the inability and the, the fact that you can get out of your contract and demand more money, hold out – it just, it's just – it's unsustainable. You can't keep it up like that way because every time somebody has success, they're going to want more money. And back in the day, they didn't do that. They just showed up and honored their contract.
1: And injuries too, by the way. Injuries are another big part of it. And he mentioned that. you got to avoid the injury bug. You've got to stay healthy. And they were remarkably healthy throughout those four years, and it wasn't until the fifth year. Now, he says the 19 straight. 20 straight would have gotten them a fifth straight Stanley Cup. They lost in the finals of the fifth year. So they got all the way to the finals and lost. And so, you know, they lost to the Oilers, who were just turned out to be one of the great teams of all time, Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, and all them. But, you know, even still, getting to the finals in the fifth year is, is an incredible thing to do, and you have to stay relatively healthy. By that fifth year, they got to the finals, everybody was banged up. Like, they ju- they just finally ran out of gas. They finally were beat up where – Bossy's back was all jacked up, where Podvin was, was injured, and their goaltender, Billy Smith, was doing all he could just to keep him in games. It was, it was a remarkable run, but the, the health part of it, especially in today's sports where guys are – it just seems like no one plays through things anymore for, for right. obvious reasons. It's got to be 100%. What? Man, I just, 100%. I just don't know if we're ever going to see that one. I yeah. think that – like the Cal Ripken one, that's going to be difficult to break.
3: And Kyle, but, Kyle, Kyle, like could do something that you know basketball players can't do with the new rule. Kyle just dressed and not really ever go out there, and that counted. Now, I was there during that time, and there was a lot of times where Kyle didn't play, but he really dressed and went out there for whatever it was standard, and he can go sit back down.
1: He could DH.
3: Yeah, like but that's,
1: but it's still to win nineteen straight playoff series. That is something I don't think we're ever gonna see. Nah, I'm with again. you. On which yeah. will know. Well, again, so this is the, the games with this weekend, as I mentioned, it's, it's Flyers and Devils. It's all on ABC, uh, on Met, at MetLife Stadium. Flyers Devils Saturday night, eight o'clock, and then three o'clock. Islanders Rangers, the classic rivalry matchup, again, also on ABC. And just so everybody knows, the Islanders are hosting a watch party at this the park at UBS Arena. If you can't make it out to MetLife, you just go do this, and yeah, Bob Knightshon will be there for a meet and greet. Another part of the the Cup teams. Uh, you can do some skating sessions on the ponds that they have set up there, giving away some stuff as well. You just go to islanders.com slash party if you want more information, but it all starts at 1.30. The game starts at 3. You can skate even during the game and all that stuff. A lot of fun there at, at UBS Arena. 800 is the number. I think I added a 7. <laughs> but anyways, coming up we have audio files, so stay with us. Barton Hahn, 98.7 ESPN.
0: Gordon Damer at the 98.7 Tullamore Deuce sports desk. While the offseason has not exactly been a blockbuster one for New York Met fans in terms of the signings and moves made. And it could really turn ugly considering the possibility of a trade for Pete Alonso during the season. Earlier this morning on DPH and Rothenberg, Rick and Day were talking about whether or not the Mets need to trade Alonso. If you're not going to have him next year, you have to trade him. You say that, but what all of a sudden you're sitting there in the middle of the in the playoffs. You're sitting there with a the wild card spot going to trade him? I think you have to. I don't know how you can. Well, maybe I get pieces back that can help me right now. Yeah, what kind of pieces, though? What are you? That's the other thing, though. You're trading him for what? If I know I'm going to lose him and my intent is to not re-sign him, I have to trade him. And that's brought to you by Tullamore Dew, because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew, honey. During tonight's action, glasses up to enjoying Tullamore do responsibly coming up at three o'clock it's the michael k show and it's only here on 98.7 fm Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.
3: How old is Ice-T now? It's his birthday today. I would probably say Birdman is fifty five, so I'm gonna say he around that time. Birdman, I ain't know if it was fifty five. Stunt like your daddy. So he gotta be like what, fifty-eight? Sixty six today. Damn, he ten years older than Birdman? Dude, listen, we gotta start getting him respect. Like I was, Ooh, making, fun of, I was making fun of I was start making fun of Ice t he look he looking crate mad old on those uh commercials with Vivica Fox talking about uh, car insurance. But at 66, yeah. that's somebody grandpa. <laughs> Damn, he got a young kid.
1: Like, man. It man, is funny that, to see him, though, in those commercials. Like, can, when you consider the character that he has developed throughout his career as a no-nonsense tough guy.
3: Play the same person. But he's, he's playing a detective. So, like, the guy that was talking about cop killer and all that type of stuff and all that stuff, like, has made his majority of his roles in his life was a cop.
4: Whether he whether you
3: talk about New Jack City, yeah. or whether you're talking about uh and then the thing is people don't realize I know that he was a show enough pimp, so anybody ever remember uh Real Real Sex on uh HBO? Like it was it was, a, it was a, it was it was a um it was a episode where they had the players ball and it was real players and they were giving out the player and he was the host. And this was probably like thirty years ago. Hm. And he had like he was a real pimps, magic down wine. Pimpin can, all the all the greats that, you know, all my heroes that I look up to, you know what I'm saying?
1: The thing is wild because he kinda like has been dual coast, right? Like he's 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 a New Jersey guy. He's from Newark.
3: I never knew he was from Newark. I always yeah. thought he was a, a LA guy. Yeah, he's, but he
1: became an LA guy. But, and then but he like left.
3: he he's yeah, he's
1: he's from from this this coast. But he had that sound, right? Like he did have that sound. I mean his six in the morning, if you remember, he does talk six about coming to New York. Yeah, my show. But he does talk about coming to New York. Like the end of it is him being in New York.
3: But he talked like a pimp, like he from L.A. So he must yeah. have been he must have been born, he must have been grew up there during the influential times. I know he was in the army too. People don't realize that he was in the army too.
1: Yeah, that's why. Again, he's Law and Order. He he's been sixty um, yeah, six.
4: Yeah,
3: this dude ain't older than Ben Vereen. <laughs> I don't know if he's older than Ben Vereen, but <laughs> sixty six, yeah. though. Yeah, this dude almost a semi-burger, and he's still banging out Coco like that. He got a daughter that's like what fifteen, like 13, And He and 10? Coco, they've they've
1: been together a long time now. Yeah, for right? a pimp, years? he showed
3: up got him a bottom. <laughs> I mean, that's I'm speaking in his talk, yes, he, the, uh, his pimp talk. Yeah, he called, he, he called the bottom one your bottom, your main.
1: Okay, well, your yes, body. he, yes, he was, um, he was in the army.
3: Yeah, and he was, and he was a pimp. Yeah, lemonade. Read the sign, lemonade. Any, any, any. Grew up. He was like. Uh, also, <laughs> see, he he's got great acting chops. He, well, he, he, he can be player. funny.
4: Yeah,
1: like he can deliver lines like really well because he can be funny. But you and I both have d- discussed this before. The most, the, the the creepiest yet effective line ever he has dropped. Yeah, right. I want to shoot you so bad. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> like how many so times? Hard. How many takes? It's so, hard. when he says it, and you just like, because when you watch the movie the first time, you don't really hear what he's saying. You're just caught up in the moment, like, "Come on, come on, you want to, you want to shoot him." You get all fired up. Then you watch it the second, and you're like, "What did
3: he just say?" Yeah, they hold That's
1: up, a kind it. of weird thing to say to somebody.
3: Like, why is it? Why is <laughs> like, why, it? Why, why is it ready? Why would Why would you say that? Why know. is it hyped up? Like,
1: like, like they didn't go, "All right, cut," and then somebody goes, "What yeah. made you say that?"
3: Did you had dog? I wonder if he freestyled that. <laughs> like, yo, yo, just just being being your moment. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> What? Just,
1: what made you say that? That's weird. <laughs> Mario Van Peebles looked at him like, dude, what? Like, cut, cut. That's what you, that's what you came up with. That's what you want. Man. <laughs> Print it. Like, I gotta. Like, if we ever could get him on the show, I would love to ask him that. Like, who, who wrote that? Was, like, when when you, you improv? was that? Yeah, did, did, was that improv that line? And did they and the, when they used that that version of all the takes you had. That's the one they put in the movie. Were you watching the movie and you went, "Oh
3: man, like why well, did they I'm, use I'm, that?" Like, one? How, how crazy was the other takes? <laughs> right, if that was Shh, the one sh- that sh- they. <laughs> shoot you sh- sh- so hard, I want to shoot you so bad. I got elephantitis. What? <laughs> the, the hell?
1: <laughs> oh my god! If you haven't seen the movie, now you need to just for that scene. Rock-a-bye, All right, Bart, bye, baby, it's time. <laughs> it's time for us to step aside and let the headline makers do the talking in the segment we like to call audio. <laughs> audio file So did you see that clip that had gone around um, Steph Curry was I guess it was the end of a game a recent game not one last night. Ah. And Clay was in his yeah. feelings. Yeah. Mhm. And Steph put his hand out to give fives and Clay just kind of blew him off.
3: Up and rubbed his hands together. And
1: then and then Steph just kind of like shrugged like what's that about and I'm like oh no. Yeah,
3: like I like I know like I know you okay the code red.
1: His sp- Splash Brothers about to go the way of the Beatles. Mhm. So Anyways, the next game happens, and guess who's now no longer a starter after all season long of discussing it? Clay Thompson finally came off the bench for the first time since his rookie season. And Klay Thompson, against the Jazz, played 28 minutes. How did he handle it, Bart? He hit seven threes and put up 35 points. Mm. It's a pretty good performance. Mm. It also suggests that maybe it was the right idea because going up against the other team's backups is a little bit easier to do. Now, the Warriors built a big lead but ended up having to hold on desperately to get a win, 140-137. Yes, that was a regulation score. Take the over, 140-137. to 137. Damn. But after the game, Steve Kerr talked about the plan of – having Clay come off the bench. You know, a million big shots. I've seen him guard the
0: toughest guys in the league. Clay's a champion. He's uh, an incredible player, great person. Um, I've been blessed to coach him for, for 10 years. It's been a tricky
1: season for him and for us. Um, there's a lot of transition happening. Some of our younger guys are coming on. It's not as easy to do. You know what Clay did five
0: six years ago for him. I think this could be a you know a good good balance to get the best
1: out of Clay and to get the best uh, out of our team. Remember, it took Carmelo Anthony a while to finally accept it. Guys, it's hard for them to do to accept Father Time and the reality of hey, listen, man, you just you're not playing starter level anymore, but you can still help us as a reserve. So here's Clay talking about. Coming off the bench. Me and Steve had a good talk about it. You know, you could do two things: you could pout, or you can go out there and respond. And I thought I did the latter very well tonight. Especially so you no know, turnovers, and I missed a few box out. So, but more importantly, I realized I'm gonna play a ton of minutes. So
3: you just gotta let the ego go when you think of coming off the bench and all that. I thought about Manojinovi. That guy has four rings and gold medals, and he came off the bench his whole career. And I don't think
1: anyone looks down on his Hall of Fame candidacy. He's uh, one of the greats, and I thought I I embraced it before tip. I mean, I deserved it, really. I didn't, didn't respond to the not playing at the end of the game well last night. I kind of took it out on the assistant coaches, and I apologized to those guys before the game. And I think that really let uh, my guard down and let me just be myself out there. But how hard is it for an athlete that has been so used to dominating his sport and being one of the better players to 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 come to that kind of realization? Like you're fighting it and fighting it until you're like everybody's now telling you the but it's time, it's time, and you don't want to believe it.
3: Well, you know what makes it hard, Steph Curry, because Steph Curry is like y'all supposed to be the same. Y'all y'all both y'all both. Have went to the top like yeah. and he's still good, and you're not, and you're trying to say like what makes i th- I'm a hall of famer and he's a hall of famer, but what makes him better than me that he's able to still perform at this level, and part of it he didn't have the major catastrophic injuries that clay had, that's and right. maybe clay has a bit of jealousy there that's like man like. I'm mortal now. Like, he's still a superhero, and I'm mortal. And you have to accept that. And, you know, that's the toughest thing for an athlete when you can't do – when your your body won't do what your mind tells it to.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, again, the injuries are definitely the biggest part of this whole thing, right? Well, let's move on in audio files to another game from last night. And this one was kind of a, a shocker. But then again, if you've been watching and paying attention, not so much – the Memphis Grizzlies, you talk about the Knicks being banged up. The Grizzlies are missing 10 players, 10 mm. off their roster. They have a whole bunch of young players, and a couple of G League guys, and they are just slapping it together. Taylor Jenkins, by the way, doing a terrific job just keeping them competitive. I mean, they are way under five they They're not going to make the playoffs. But last night, they beat the Milwaukee Bucks. 113 to 110. Yes, they beat the Milwaukee. Bucks. You're talking about the, talking about Everybody the Cabo played. Bucks.
3: The Cabo Bucks. No, no, no.
1: Yeah, well, the Cabo Bucks is what Doc Rivers was suggesting after the game. Uh, two guys forget what we're running. Uh, then we missed a shot, and then nobody gets back. That's how we start out the third quarter. That tells you all you need to know about where our heads were. Um,
3: you know, um, we, we had some guys here, and we had some guys in Cabo.
1: Some guys here. Some guys in Cabo.
3: Yeah, he ordering Nicole red on himself. He is his money guaranteed. Well, yeah, they signed him for the rest of the year. Giannis, Giannis might want to get up out of there. Giannis, like, you know what? I ain't dealing with this. Hey, you know, How I do we know
1: with... that Giannis isn't part of the problem? Yeah, I said it. How yeah. do we know Giannis isn't part of the problem?
3: My point. So
1: now is come Dame to the... Lillard part of the problem because he can't guard anybody? I can like... come
3: to the Knicks. They three and seven, man. Three and seven under him. That's but what since, I'm saying.
1: But since they fired, think about this. I mean, they're 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 what are they? they five and even, nine, yeah. five like, and
3: eight. He shouldn't even be coaching the All Star game, like bro. You three and seven. were nah.
1: thirty and thirteen, and they've gone. They've 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 lost eight of thirteen since then, and it's like it's not like they have injuries. They have other guys. Yeah, there's a bigger problem happening listen, in I, Milwaukee. And, I, and if bigger. I'm
3: Brooke Lopez, I'm like, look, my brother was better than your brother. Why can't we waive your brother for a roster spot? <laughs> <laughs> my brother had more left than your brother.
1: You know what? It's funny, but. You know that's the like I said. How do we know when everybody's saying that Giannis is going to want out of there? How do we know that Giannis isn't kind of part of the problem right now with what's going on there? We don't know that for sure. Anyways, um, if I asked you Bart to name name me, if I said to you name a current college basketball player, go. First name that comes to mind is
3: Uh, the big dude from Purdue.
1: So you can't even say the name, can you?
3: I forget what's his name name for any
1: Purdue? name any college it's Zach E. D. Yeah, name Edie. any college basketball player male or female who's oh, the first oh, name that comes to
3: oh, mind oh Caitlin oh, K- Clark Caitlin Clark or
1: Angel Reese might be the second one that comes to mind Yeah,
3: Caitlin right? Clark she just broke the record baby I know yes. that was, was I know that was was that Waller's girl Who? Is that Waller's girl that record she broke looked like it
1: oh, oh Kelsey I, you, you, I, know, I know Kelsey
3: Plum was that good wife yeah in college. She was well. She was a great. Was in college, yeah.
1: And she's also a good WNBA player as well. Um, yeah. So she, she. So Caitlin Clark is now the all-time leading scorer in women's basketball history, and she's actually within reach of the all-time record Pistol to P? be number one overall. Right, uh, Pete Maravich. She does it on a, like a, it was like a thirty-five foot three-pointer, by the way, too. Yeah, I which, didn't
3: appreciate her showboat in front of my you know Michigan. I didn't appreciate. Hey, that. that's
1: too bad. Sorry about that. But still, she went for like a logo three for the record, and that was all in the plan.
3: I don't know if you can really script it any better, and just to do it in this fashion, I'm very grateful. I'm very thankful to be surrounded by so many people that have kind of been my foundation and everything that I've done since I was a young little girl, and I started crying when watching that video just because I'm just filled with so much gratitude and love, and the way these fans support women's basketball is so special, special, and you all knew I was going to shoot a logo three for the record. Come on now. (laughs) You all knew. She got some she, swag, man. She, she got mad swag. Like, do you think, like, when you think about the great? Well, I guess she's not considered a great winner because she's a great individual talent. But the she team success. To win that national champion,
1: right? It was Angel Reese that got that. Yeah, yeah. but
3: but also when you think about the all time greats, who you think? You think about Candace Parker. You think yep. about. Uh, what's the, the the cute Sue girl?
1: Bird? Yeah, but I mean, what's the got
3: cute? What's the fine one that just came back? Yeah, not no, not Moore, not no, Myra Moore. Yeah, Maya Moore stopped playing, but she was no, a great college. No, player. What, what, what's the fine but, one? Uh, that, man, I, she just I, had a baby. I, I, I you know what I'm talking about. Jake knows what I'm talking about. She just she just came back. She had a baby and she took a year off. She's okay. fine. <laughs> She's
1: fine. <laughs> but <laughs> the way that she plays, the points that she puts up, she, the she swag the, she plays with, the attitude—all Wally Zerbiak on CBS compared her to Steph Curry in that way yes, because Callie of Davis. the way she plays and that kind of like her ability to shoot the basketball is Caitlin Clark somebody that can don't, elevate don't the say, women's oh. game
3: oh, okay I thought you were about to say playing the NBA no no, no 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 I'm not doing that
1: no could elevate the women's game to something that continues to attract more and more attention well, because she needs, she's a show like you watch her she's a show
3: she just needs she needs a, when she gets to the WNBA she needs a rival yes you know what I'm saying well she needs, maybe it's Angel she, she Reese. Right, because that
1: already is there. That's that's there.
3: See, but they don't really check each other. They, they need a rival, it like matter. a bird. Yeah, they bird, need a bird Magic didn't check each other that often. Yeah, but they were about the same size and same. Yeah, but they, they
1: they were different positions. But but still, it's it's to me. I, I'm glad you said that because I kind of think for the WNBA when they get these two in the league, they, they kind of need to play that up. If you ask me,
3: yeah, they need to play in the same conference and play each other all the time. But no, opposite, opposite, con- not opposite yeah. conference, opposite conference, try to
1: meet in the finals. Oh, I like that, but still, like. Like I said, if you yeah. if I ask you to name a college basketball player who currently plays right now, her name is the first one you can think of.
3: It is, and, and that says I, a lot. I wonder they they should have her. I know she's in season, but man, I would like to see her in a three point contest with Steph and the other chick too.
1: Uh, the other chick would be Sabrina Yonescu.
3: Yeah, yeah, Sabrina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love uh, to see them in there. All
1: right, on the on the on on the baseball front. So did you hear about Rob Manfred? He will. He is uh, commissioner of baseball for now. Since 2015, he has been. But he's letting everybody know that he will be done in the near future. The near future would be in 2029.
0: Look, I'm 65, okay? I just started a five-year term. Do that math, right? That makes me 70 years old. Can only have so much fun (laughs) in one lifetime. I have been open with them about the fact that this is going to be my last term. You know, I said it to them before the election in July, and I'm absolutely committed to that.
3: I I mean... Are we go, go hang out with Bill. It? Go hang out with Bill Belichick.
1: But is this shocking news, though?
3: No, he's still going to be seventy years old. 70,
1: like seventy, okay. I would think the league would probably want to get
3: somebody younger. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? Manfred is the same age as Ice T. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. Ice T still going to be Ice T still going to be on Law and Order. I guarantee you that.
1: Yeah, probably. It's a different kind of work though. Baseball is like, come on. You you think he you think he ever has a like a happy day at work? He's always dealing with something with that sport, and it's it continues to moonwalk too, which is a, a bit of a problem.
3: Damn! If I told you that they were the same, he was him and ice He was the same age. You wouldn't believe he, it. You be like, man, what?
1: But if you look at him, he looks younger than Ice-T.
3: Yeah, I see. He does. Like, Ice-T light,
1: definitely is showing his age.
3: You know, them light bras don't age well. You know what I'm
1: saying? Seriously, that is audio files. I wouldn't know,
3: Bart. Well, you ain't light bread. I'm you not white, light bread. You white bread. Yes. Light bread light bread is that honey wheat. You know, so you think about like uh El Debarge, you uh-huh. think about iced tea, you think right about busy it. busy bone, okay. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Who else a little light bread? Uh mm-hmm. like me. T T I. Mm-hmm. Even though He's he, look, age- he, he ye- aging poorly. Well he like yellow bread. He likes yellow bread. Gotcha. Who else? Who else uh, is light bread? Help me out, Jake. Uh, you can you can Well you can Drake Drake on Drake on hard. I mean you
0: said T I. I I was thinking about his wife Tiny
3: Oh yeah Tiny <laughs> Yo <laughs> yo it yo he took a picture of Tiny and they put her on every meme ever man they made her like the oatmeal man like cuz she had a little mustache he he mm-hmm. took a picture of her and he should have never put that out man she, that meme is just as big as, as the Jordan um meme and um and black um
1: Is it you'll have to send it to me cuz I don't think I know
3: Jay, get it, man, and okay. understand that this is T.I.'s wife, and he took the picture and posted it, all and right. people just put her face on everything.
1: 800-919-3776. We will continue with, or we get back to your calls. In the Power Hour, we were saying yesterday Garrett Cole needs to speak like a leader. Yesterday he did. Wait you he hear some of the stuff he had to say about the Yankee organization. and It was all true, all right, and hopefully they're listening. Stay with us. Barton Hahn, 98.7 ESPN.
0: Thanks for listening to the Barton Han show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. All
1: right, Bart, before we get into all the Yankee stuff and Garrett Cole and everything else, let's go back to the phones 800 919 3776 We have Roxanne in New Jersey.
3: Roxanne, Roxanne.
4: Yes, gentlemen. Yo man. How are you? <laughs> I am fine, but I have to tell you, I love listening to you whenever I can, because even when I disagree, it is always refreshing to hear your opinions, which are so thoughtful. But, Bart, I am seriously annoyed with you.
3: Oh, I go for a Tropic Thunder?
4: No, 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 no. For something you said early in the week, I just have been so uh, tied up with work, I haven't had a chance to call till now. What it was, and why I'm offended as a woman and as a person, Uh is when you were talking about the kiss between Travis and and Taylor. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you that women are not fire hydrants on Uh which men should... Uh, mark their territory, uh, Mm -hmm. like how dogs spray fire hydrants. I don't think that passionate displays of butt-grabbing are something that should be displayed in public. I thought the kiss was appropriate, and uh, to recommend that that's what he should have done. You know, you guys, and I agree with this, you so often talk and mention the fact uh, although I don't agree with it 100 percent, you deplore the fact that sometimes men are shallow. But when you talk about butt grabbing as a sign of marking your territory, what could be more shallow than that? I'm and not marking I the wish-
3: territory, Roxanne. I am mean, it's just, and, you know, we have evidence of his last time he won the Super Bowl, he grabbed his girlfriend's butt.
4: Yeah, but I mean you were, you uh, said on there something that that's how uh men uh do it and that it is a sign of showing other men this mm-hmm. is your girl. Mm. And I don't don't think that it is wise to be encouraging men if you teach the younger generation signs of respect, uh teach the boys uh, Alan, I wish I w- I was so pleased when you said that is not how you would have done. And I just urge you to be careful when you are uh, advocating those kind of public displays. I know you try to be entertaining and. On a certain level, it is. But to grab someone's behind is just disrespectful to me in just, public, and I think to a lot of women. And if somebody did that to me, I would really – I let the grabbing be as passionate as you want without the public view. Do you get what I'm saying?
3: I understand what you're saying. I just love my wife's butt. It's, like, it's just yeah. so and, soft. <laughs> It's so but beautiful, it and it's and- just like it's like I just want to touch it all the time. If I could sleep on it, I would sleep on it, Roxanne. I would just well, lay on it all the time and just kiss that. it.
4: Sleep on it, but do it behind your door.
3: I want everybody I love- to know how much I love it. It's like listen, this is amazing. It's the solid- who need who needs a tempur pillow when you just got this, man. This is all I need.
4: Yeah, and you, the, that's it. That is your pillow at home, but you don't need a pillow in public. That's just- all I'm saying. Yeah. And I thought the way he handled it was very sweet. So that's wow. all I have to say. I love you guys. It was good for her.
1: It was the right thing for her brand, too, Roxanne, right? Like, but, you, like you don't want it, especially Taylor. Like, that's a, it's not a, like, a whole it's other not, animal. It's, but it's
3: not like I'm saying smack can it. Can I interject now? Can I interject? It. smack it. Yes, because,
1: because, you know, again, oh Bart God was crap. suggesting for me, and he was saying that to me, because I said, my wife is a teacher. Like, I'm not doing that now. Like, when we first met, maybe. You know, maybe. But, like, now, she's a teacher, a mother, all that stuff. And so Bart encouraged it. So I thought, all right, let me go to the shop. You know, let me say. He said it, you know, like just So I did. And her first reaction looked at
3: me, going, "What are you doing?" Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's because you haven't went to the altar and prayed to that booty in a long time. You need to go and that say, is, "Baby, I love every, I I'm love sure
4: every." He has a lot of fun at home behind a door. <laughs> exactly. exactly, and we got to lock that <laughs> door because there's so
1: many damn kids in the house.
4: <laughs> well, there are vacations outside. <laughs>
3: Working on
1: that right <laughs> can now. Find it. <laughs> okay, But that
4: really you. bothered me. Okay, okay. we'll ta-
3: we'll we'll take it to like the. It's the small of the back. Okay, is that okay? Smaller like when you're dancing, the small of the back. Like,
4: yes, I'm good with that.
3: But I got Roxanne, long arms, so it naturally, much. for me to stretch my arms out, would go We're straight pre- to the
4: butt. We you it. can figure it out, Bart. I have high <laughs> confidence in your okay. ability to figure things out.
1: I'm a, <laughs> I'm, I can change. Auntie Roxanne <laughs> okay. just had to have it out with you, Barton. I love it. Thank you, Roxanne. See, like, uh, all right. So we got that opinion. Now we'll see if another woman calls and says that she disagrees with Roxanne. I just, but I Sports just wanna, Talk Radio, we I, debate. I,
3: I, I just want to know why did Travis Kelsey treat his first girlfriend like that? And yeah, there is video evidence. And he didn't do it with yeah. the, the other girlfriend. Is it because she had a big butt?
1: No, I think it's the brand thing. I think for Taylor, you just don't do that with Taylor publicly because there's a huge following, and then you know what can happen, and it turns into a controversy that nobody wants to deal with. Yes. She that's will. why. So you just give her a kiss uh, and move you on. Know what? Whatever you're going to do, you're going to do in private.
3: I got it because he didn't want to grab it in case one of her butt pads stays stuck oh, up or something. You did, you did go so there. So that's what it is. Uh, okay, so, that's why. It's because of the butt pads. The other girl didn't have no butt pads. She just had butt butt. You just had to go there, did you? <laughs>
1: 800 919 is the number. We'll continue with your calls. The Swifties if you, if you, you want to add too. to this with Roxanne and you think that she's right or wrong or any of that stuff, if you want to scold Bart on the air, you certainly have the ability to do that. We'll do that. Uh, but I, I do think, though, we did talk about yesterday. Garrett Cole, yesterday, his address. We had some of it, but we didn't have all of it. What we've got for you, though, from yesterday is him speaking like a leader. And that's not just talking about what he should do and the teammates. This had to do with the whole organization. And the Yankees desperately need these types of voices, him and Aaron Judge. Well, Cole stepped up yesterday. Wait till you hear what he has to say about the Yankees and their injury issues. Strong statements coming next. Stay with us. Barton Hahn, 98. seven ESPN. Gordon Damer at
0: the 98.7 Tullamore Dew Sports Desk. While the Yankees head into the season, barring any other moves, with lots of questions behind Garrett Cole in their starting rotation. Earlier this morning on DPH run Rothenberg, Rick and Dave said their success, the Yankee success, could hinge on Carlos Rodon. I don't think there's a more important player to any team of not knowing what they're going to do and how badly you need that guy to produce than Radon with the Yankees. Well, not just produce, produce at a high level. Once you get past Garrett Cole, man, there are some serious question marks once you get past Garrett Cole. There's a lot of guys like, yeah, he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. But I think Redon is the, the one guy that can be a legitimate number two. And that is brought to you by Tullamore Dew. Because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended and triple cast matured Irish whiskey, be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew Honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Coming up at three o'clock, it's the Michael K Show, and it's only here on ninety-eight point seven FM. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast.
3: Listen live weekdays at noon on ninety-eight point seven ESPN.